This is exactly why I had to create uh, a different profile for my mom on Netflix because she was messing up my algorithm <laughs> of things that, <laughs> that you might like this because you just watched an after school special. Yeah. No, mom, <laughs> stop it. And she definitely doesn't want to be on my algorithm. So it goes, I'm sure it goes both ways. She's just too, she's just too polite. Hey there, if you've joined the podcast today, my name is Chris Jarvis. I work with companies on employee giving and volunteering programs. And my name is Jake McIsaac. I spend a lot of time thinking about public safety and restorative justice. So we are having conversations here that we've been having for 20 years. Yeah, the only difference now is we press record and share it with you. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, I ask Jake if he has heard Marjorie Taylor Greene's announcement of her being a Christian nationalist and that being the future in her mind for the United States, while at the same time worrying about my own woke weariness. It just seems overwhelming and tired because it's just everywhere. Sorry, Chris, you're feeling so tired seeing it everywhere because it is everywhere. See, I knew this would be the thing. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Jake, have you, did you catch, because in Canada, it doesn't always come through, but did you see the Marjorie Taylor Greene speech? Uh, I'm not sure where she was, but it was this past week. No, no, no. Certainly not on my newsfeed. I know who she is. Um, kind of controversial. Um, is it that, uh, is this the same person who they often characterize as not being very bright, like a there's a yeah. There's a few okay. of them. She's not the one who just got her high school education. Okay. Um, I, I, like a year ago, I I think, or just months before she actually became a congresswoman. But uh, this this is another person. Uh, she was speaking at uh, Turning Point USA, which is a student action oh. summit. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know that group. Yeah. 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 So it was it was last week. So it's like the not not. Saturday the 30th, but you know, the 13th, I guess, or 23rd rather math is hard. And, um, anyways, yeah, you didn't hear it. So I'd love to play it and just okay. get your real time reaction here to her words. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. And I'm a Christian. How many Christians do we have here? So you see, I also call myself a Christian nationalist. And that's not a bad word. That's actually a good thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with leading with your, in, with your faith because we should lead with our faith. Because if we're doing that, then we're doing the right thing. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we're doing the right thing. And I think that's what the Republican Party needs to be about. <laughs> Let's get your reaction. There's two okay. points that I, I think were really interesting in what she said. Uh, but yeah. So I, I, I was just listening to the audio, yeah. not, not, uh, seeing the video. I was, um, wondering, so I'm, <laughs> it feels cringy. Like, was anyone cringing in the video when she says Christian nationalist, or are they like nodding along because it goes really quiet? It does. You would think there'd be a lot of hand clapping, uh, but I'm not sure we can't yeah. see it. Okay, because I, you know, I, I was imagining like that'd be a great place to insert like a record scratch. 
<laughs> like you're going along and I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. And I'm a nationalist. Yeah. I'm a Christian nationalist. Pardon? Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. So she, she put out a statement after because there's been 10,000, uh, as a few days ago, people who say I'm a Christian and I denounce this. Yes. Backlash. Many people calling her similar to a Nazi. And she said, I'm being attacked by the godless left because I said I'm a proud Christian nationalist. These people are even calling me a Nazi because I proudly love my country and my God. The left has shown us exactly who they are. They hate America. They hate God. And they hate us. Um, Us. Us. That's that's, uh, telling. Yeah. Okay, more. What, What else? So, the, well, what you just read, the they and us is starting to frame up probably some dangerous rhetoric. I, I mean, at first I thought that you were going to just say that she had chosen her words wrong and maybe she's trying to convey that she's patriotic and a person of faith. Those two things can exist together. Right. Yeah. Right. Obviously. And so yeah. if, if that was what she was trying to say, I was listening to give her the benefit of the doubt that if she used the wrong word and misspoke. But as it gets along in that, especially in the the part that you just read, her response, it does actually start to sound like nationalism. It, mm-hmm. it starts to divide people into groups. And really to the audience who's getting that message back out, they don't like us. They hate us. Um, what are you supposed to do with that when you're hearing that? Like, I get that she's saying it, but if I'm the person that she's talking to and I read that, I mean, this is, you know, you, you still have in the U.S. the January 6th hearings that are taking place where there is, uh, and I watched that in prime time uh, yeah. last yeah. week. It's it's like a crazy Netflix special it live is. docudrama thing. It's, I can't. Look but away. It, I, it's not boring. That's for no. Me. It, it's not boring, but it does feel like it's really trying to divide the country into two. And I'm not going to say civil war, but it kind of starts to feel like people are uh, showing up with very fixed views of not only their world, but of of the other. Yeah, and I. But at the same time, so this is this is an interesting one to get into. This radicalization mm-hmm. part of belief systems and uh, this overwhelming us and them, which side are you on? And even in the pursuit of this, and I just played it for you because I wanted to maybe explore the idea of being woke weary today. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a large group of individuals who are, well, I don't know if I think that uh, Christian nationalism, uh, by the way, the, the definition and what she is referring to is a nation established on the religious principles of Christianity, meaning mm-hmm. Christianity should be a defining factor in legislation in the United States. It would be the same. Uh, the, the new Taliban government is an Islamic nationalism government. Mm-hmm. That's what they've called themselves. And obviously, everything in that country, in Afghanistan, their goal, the Taliban's goal is to make sure that Every law rolls up into a religious framework, uh, yeah. framework, right? Yep. Like it fits the Quran somewhere or some of the other religious writings. And that's what she wants too, as well as um, Bobert, I think I'm saying her name and a few others. They would like it to be founded on Christianity. All laws should come from Christianity. So when she says, I want to lead from my Christian faith, right? she's not talking about the version, these are my personal beliefs and I live in 
you know, a secular society and I hold my personal beliefs and they have a place in the secular, secular society. And that's fine. She's saying we shouldn't have a secular society. The United States should be a Christian society. Right. And that should, that sounds like, uh, at least what some folks in the U S, uh, think that their immigration, uh, policies should be driven on happy to have you come and then become like us. Yes. And by us, we mean white Christian. Yes. Yeah. So the goal is um, to make sure that if you come here, you conform. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we need to be careful about re the big replacement theory thing that's yeah. happening, which is Christian nationalism is rising to the, to the fore because people are, I don't want to be replaced. I don't want it to be a Mexican country. So to get there, I think we sort of need to talk about how do people become radicalized? And also on the other side, as I'm trying to not be radicalized right or left, I do find, Jake, you can get a little emotionally tired always because once you wake up, <laughs> once you're woke <laughs> and you see the injustice here, there and everywhere, all of a sudden it feels like it might be everywhere. And now I feel like, wait, am I being radicalized? I don't think this, but... I see how you maybe should question, am I, am I becoming radicalized in another way? So you're making me think of a story that um, I, I didn't grow up with these conversations uh, happening in, in uh, my home. We uh, were pretty, I would say, that looking back, a fairly conservative Christian family. And so those values were, were certainly evident all the way through and some of the practices associated like going to church, like a mm -hmm. gathering, regular, mm -hmm. all those kind of things. We've talked a little bit about that yeah. in other podcasts. Yeah. Um, in my home now with two stepkids, 13 and 15, that we have very different conversations. Uh, it, I, the, they're just having access to different conversations than I've had. So we talk a lot about social justice. We talk a lot about yeah. equity, diversity, and inclusion. And so to your woke uh, moment, I've, I'm sitting at a donut shop with Owen, 13, and he, Owen looks around and, and I've got my back to Owen the wall. Owen is, is 13. And he's he 13. one of your... Yeah. Step humans. Step humans. <laughs> and and uh, he, he says, um, hey, will you look at that? right behind you. Now I'm devouring this donut and I'm just enjoying it. <laughs> like behind, every good Canadian. Yeah. Oh, this is breakfast. This donuts. is delicious. And he says, look behind you. That is racist AF. Oh. And I'm like, uh, well, do I want to look behind me? <laughs> but of course I look and I glance behind and there's a photo of uh, a person working in the field. And he says, see, they put a black person working in the field. Yeah. That is some racist stuff right there, man. Huh. And I was like, well, bud, if you look around the restaurant, this is a photo in a collection of about six or seven. Look at the other photos. And it was clearly a photo collection on agriculture and farming and different, just uh, it was a very diverse spread. So there's a the, bunch of photos, a bunch of, of different agricultural ones. photos, but are the people in any of those other photos? Yeah. And it's, oh, okay. they're a very diverse group across all of the photos. Oh, okay. And we, how many, like, like it's a, min, like five, six, two. Five or six yeah. in this collection yeah. all around this restaurant. Yeah. And the one that he sees is the one directly behind me hanging okay. on the wall. Okay. 
and he doesn't see the context. Okay. He doesn't see that all of these other pictures are also diverse groups of people right. working right. in fields. And he's like, that's racist. And I right. said, well, what if it's not, it must be exhausting to see yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. Like it must be exhausting to be this woke at yeah. 13 yeah. to be so outraged yeah. in this moment that you're like, have a look at that. And then I'm like, but I don't want him to not think about it either. Like, I don't want to just say, oh, that's ridiculous. Look around and have him re- yeah, go you, back like in his dismiss shell. It. That's, you, it's not what you think it is. But, but I get it because when you're talking about being woke, even in that moment where I'm, we have these conversations all the time, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Just let me have my donut. <laughs> like right now, now is where we have to have this conversation. Okay, so that's interesting. Do uh, do people who for whom the woke movement is supposed to be working, do you ever just get you just said you did, but do you do you literally are you just literally tired about talking about it sometimes or seeing it everywhere? Yeah, I mean, my experience is if when we talk about it and we often talk not only here but in presentations, we talk about it being these are are systemic issues and so they are uh, built into the fabric of all the, the the policies and systems around us. So of course they're everywhere. But there are lots of times where I probably unconsciously just don't want to look at it anymore because it's hard. It's heavy. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Uh, because if you keep looking, you'll find it. So I think I do that. Um, I you'll burn out if you see it everywhere. So maybe that's like the person who is not 13 years old has journeyed this for a while and you want to play the long game not the sprint to change yeah. everything but yeah. i i don't know what about you i i find myself uh the same kind of thing and, and i guess we need to get back to radicalization at some point because uh, first of all before i say this let me let me just give a definition a current definition of what where we kind of started this conversation. So what is what is radicalization anyways? Like uh, what? how would you define it kind of thing? So it's the idea, and you probably have a better uh, explanation of this, but if you look it up online, it would say radicalization is a process of developing extreme beliefs, emotions, and behaviors. Interestingly, I'll just throw this in because it fits with bias and context is interesting. If you type in what is radicalization, you may get the four stages of radicalization Produced by the New York Police Department back in 2007. And they oh, have four phases. Pre-radicalization, number one. Self-identification, number two. Indoctrination, number three. And jihadization, number four. So by based on that definition, only Islamic groups are ever <laughs> radicalized. Yeah. That's my takeaway from this. But those three stages are uh, uh, phases are also, they kind of make sense. Like, I, bef- let's take volunteering. Before I volunteered, I, I didn't think much of it. I began to volunteer and I began to go into Sunday suppers and I began to identify myself with that group. I then right. began to think, you know what? I need to learn more about homelessness issues, what's causing it, systemic racism, whatever. I learned all that. And then jihadization, I began to think, how do we attack the systems that are oppressive? How do we bring down the systems, these systems that are persistent? And I can stop uh, if a police pull over a black guy. Do I just get out and open my camera? And, you know, the police would see that as a very aggressive jihadization of uh, like a left person attacking a system in the community, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I just think it's very interesting that 
those are kind of the four phases of my wokeness too, or becoming a volunteer, or I like plants now too, over the past couple of years. I think I've been radicalized <laughs> to be a plant person. Like I, I don't, it's, it seems radicalized. That description seems like a normal process of human beings becoming connected to a community, a cause, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What makes it radicalized? So I, I think that the, the immersive nature early on is probably helpful, right? So exactly like you're saying, born going, into it. Yeah. No, but go, going to the Sunday suppers and, and, and jumping in oh, and having okay. this, yep. this experience of almost uh, a flooding experience of being overwhelmed. And now you want to understand as much as you can, because it was a big moment. This, this, you know, this, um, it could be awakening. Yeah. Right? We this call it an epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think the longer you stay in that state is, is where we can start to narrow the influences, narrow the messaging that you're getting hyper-focused on other things that confirm those. So it is easy to go down the rabbit hole then of trying to, as you're trying to learn as much as you can. And in this work, it gets really hard because let's be honest, what have we heard over and over and over, particularly through Black Lives Matter, is go and do your own work, right? Go and do your own learning. Do not ask your black friend. That is not, it is an unfair weight to put on someone else to have to carry your learning. You have to go and do it. And so we set the conditions for people to go off. They go to YouTube, they go buy a book. But who do you talk to about that? Where are you getting the other folks who will give you context? Who will do with you what I had to do with Owen and say, okay, you might be partly right, mm -hmm. but let's look around. Mm -hmm. So, some folks would see that as stifling or you're getting in the way or you've just lost your passion. You've lost your fight. This is new energy now. We'll take on this. We've got the energy. You're, you're, you're compromising. But there is something to slowing down and gaining perspective and having so that you don't get a confirmation bias that creates an echo chamber of uh, of facts uh, or like I, I see this in the algorithms for my YouTube feeds or your TikTok, yeah, it will start to suggest things for you based on things that you've watched, but it won't give you the counter view often. So right, you'll right, start right. to see that I, I I worry about this particular with younger people who may not have fully developed uh, the the skill of critical thinking that they'll just start to think this is the way the world is because look how many likes are on this, look how many views this has. And if they keep coming and you don't ever get the counter view, it just seems like it's overwhelmingly the way. Right. And that, okay. You see it, the more you get into this process, the more you begin to see injustices framed differently than ever I had had before. So I grew up in a Christian home, somewhat, I guess, radicalized. If it's, here's the group that's right. Here's what's right. Everybody else is wrong. They need to come to this source of truth, which we have right. access to, right? to be right too. And until they do, they're out. We love the sinner, but not the sin. The sin is their condition and their context and everything about them. But there's a soul in there somewhere um, <laughs> that can be redeemed. Nothing else can be, but just that soul can be redeemed and brought over. And you become indoctrinated mm -hmm. in that. You memorize the Bible verses, learn the songs. 
um, everything becomes normal, being washed in blood and that kind of thing. You sing it over and over again. It doesn't sound weird later in life. It's just, you know, what you grew up with. But now that I'm out of that and I'm kind of pushing against it, I'm looking at the other side and I think, well, one, you just walk into the coffee shop and you see this and you see that and you see this homeless right. individual and you see people treated this way and you see people walking over there and you're just, you're heightened to it. And then you do see the images and I hear advertisements, Martin Luther King Day, we did a, a podcast on this, Martin Luther King Day, a day we can celebrate all lives mattering, right? So that radio mm -hmm. advertisement, whoever put it on decided, ah, we're going to just try and appropriate that, but redefine it so it's about us. And then I worry, well, one, it gets kind of tiring. Yeah. And I, I just, I, it, you know, so I'll say something, somebody will go, hey, that's not very, and I'm just, can I just be, can I get a second to be wrong for once? And it's okay. Uh, and then on the other hand, I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't want to end up being a pawn in another agenda. Does that right. make sense at all? Yep. So how do I know when I'm believing in something thoroughly and it is worth telling other people about, like you want to volunteer, it's a great way for X, Y, and Z versus I've been radicalized. <laughs> I, you know, what's the difference between belief and radical, an advocate and radicalized? Because the other side can always look at you and say, you've been radicalized because it's not what we think. So everybody can be, get this label. Yeah. So I think... Um one of the self check-in moments would be how, how much access do you have to counter points, the, the, the counter view uh, in your, in your life. And so I think very naturally we push those things away from us so that we don't have to confront um, things that we don't like, don't believe in, don't. So like, regularly. should I watch Fox news a little bit? Is that what you're saying? Cause I, every once in a while I do, but I don't think I'm watching it for the right reasons. I'm watching it to further confirm why I'm right yeah. and wrong. So, well, this is the confirmation bias. I don't yeah. know if it's about sources as much as it is about relationships. So it is fine for us to talk all about diversity when we're trying to think about workplace, but like our diverse friend groups, like the people in our lives, do we have people in our lives who we're in relationship with who, who will do that work, who will um, push back and you can have, yeah, I just don't see it that way. That gets tricky because usually when someone's been radicalized, like Marjorie mm -hmm. Taylor Greene is, she's been right. radicalized at some point and she is working to radicalize others for an extreme anti-American agenda. I could say, mm -hmm. uh, because it is, you know, I think it's four or six of the founding fathers absolutely wrote numerous times that the country should not be based on Christianity. That's the whole point is to get away from a, an official religion. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We're going to throw that. We don't listen to that. <laughs> but your, your question was uh, the difference between your beliefs and your, if you're being radicalized. Yeah. How do I know when I've gone you over You don't edge. have people around you. So as you start talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. probably most of the people around her share that uh, same vision, that same, I think you have to intentionally go out and constantly have other people. You have to have a commitment to diversity. So I should have a fundamentalist Christian friend that I... I'm sure you do have access to those folks uh, in and around your world, right? They're in our families. But I, don't... I think we don't cut them off because that okay. is when you know... 
that is when you know that someone has gone to radicalization. Mm. You're either with us or you're against us. Mm -hmm. And it becomes polarized thinking. And that not only it's not good enough for you to be different. You have to be against me. And I have to take action. I have to win. You have to lose. It can't be that we can coexist with different views. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting, too, that radicalization, the process is isolation from other groups. Uh, I, I, I had it open here. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. But there's like seven things that happen or you could look at to say, OK, this person is probably being cultivated or radicalized by a group. The, the first step in this person's life was that they said, you, you can be with your family or whatnot, but they don't know anything true. They, they, they believed in a lie. So try not to talk to them about your faith. They're unbelievers. And if they want to come into the group, that's fine. And, and so she's gone from being a very part, much part of things to being hardly available anymore, that kind of thing. So there's that isolation. There's this teaching. Then you put out and you teach others. And, and you're elevated so you can promote it other places. Kind of scary, but it can happen in every belief system, it seems like. Every political system, human beings are because of our biases and shortcuts in the way we think, it seems like we're typically prone to un-us them. And when you get a system that endorses it and, and has a very binary set of, I've often wondered, is it because it's comfortable to live there? Is it because I can feel like I'm right and we desperately want to be right because I know they're wrong? What, what if it's that plus one other thing, um, I'm right where I belong? Right, so I can be right ideologically, or I can feel right. I'm in I'm in line with all these, but there is a belonging. There's a community piece that that is the yeah. contain is the container for all of that, and yeah. so it offers something very real, um, often to folks who who would not likely experience that somewhere else. Yeah, it, and and it could be here. You will find a community of people who believe similarly who will accept you for this belief system, who will support you in learning more, who will give you lots of space and agency, a small a agency to work toward these ends. But in, in you know, we tend to, to celebrate people who are doing well and give them more responsibility to your point as they move up. Have you talked about it? They go from Tourist to guides. Yeah, tourist um, traveler guide, yeah, yeah. three stages. Yeah. So as people move through, you you're you're creating the community that meets them where they are. Mm -hmm. And then and then can say, but you can go further, you can go deeper. Mm -hmm. I think it 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 locks into something that is very human to all of us. That's why it's across all these groups. Okay. So am I not in a similar journey with being woke? Like beginning yeah. to see microaggressions and gender norming pronouns and um, identity and figuring out how to interact with people. Um, am I being radicalized? If unless I unless I have Christian nationalist friends, like I, <laughs> I don't think it's radicalized, but it is hard work, and so yeah. there is sort of middle of the road kind of work where you can appreciate the journey that other people are on. I don't hate someone who thinks these other things. They probably hate me, but I don't hate them. I haven't othered them or had to create monsters out of them. I cannot like the, the belief system that is hurting other people. I can want to make it better for the people who are being harmed by that system. That is where the motivation is for me to keep working. 
I think the same is for you. It is that you have these polarizing systems, but you have people being hurt in the middle by these systems or being impacted and it causes significant harm. And so if working toward making communities and systems less harmful or transforming them so that they don't hurt as many people isn't the same thing as just going against the right. This is not a left-right conversation. It's a justice piece. It is looking for right relationships that are are structured with equal dignity and respect. The way you described it, I, I, I can imagine Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, I don't want to destroy the other group. Obviously, they're holding some beliefs that are wrong for all of us. I'm trying to get us towards a place where we can all live with the peace of the Lord and the Republican Party. <laughs> I want a better place for all of us. I do listen to their arguments. I just they're wrong because they aren't based on the Ten Commandments and they can never be right. But I don't hate them. They're just led astray and they're lost and they need strong leadership. She could phrase everything as a radicalized extremist into the words that you framed, because as you've said a couple times on podcasts, and rightly so, we're never the monster in our own stories, ever. Mm -hmm. We're never a bad guy. We're misinformed, we weren't resourced, we made a mistake, but it's all understandable. Everybody else gets to be the monster. Right, and so I I think what I'm saying is how do we resist becoming radicalized is we actively make sure that we're not creating the monsters and other people can't do much about whether what they're, what they're doing for us but if the actions don't allow what i said before that seeing people with uh, relationships that are structured with equal respect and dignity and and agency i suppose too they're not willing to let people live unless they conform so let's go to the woke side and the cancel culture because it seems like the woke side is canceling people who don't conform well, some we've we've done a whole podcast about right. is that, and and maybe we'll pick it up again. Uh, but is that strategy doesn't come from doesn't just sort of come out of nowhere, but is it long term sustainable or is it a moment? Uh, because what was behind this uh, canceling of of folks was it that the systems available to experience justice weren't working so they had to create something different was it this moment of accountability and reckoning was this to bring light to an issue that people just wouldn't see and refuse to see so now we're going to there's a great twitter uh, account and and associated uh web pages uh called everyday sexism put together by the everyday sexism project put together by laura bates who phenomenal author just recently read a book um Men Who Hate Women, all about incel culture and uh, radicalization of uh, misogynistic groups. And I highly recommend it. I'll put a reference to that in the show notes. But there's this overwhelming groundswell moment for this everyday sexism project that says it, it forced people to look at it and see it as real. The lived experience of female identified folks, particularly in the UK, who started just to tell their stories. Just, I was on the subway and, and, and someone yelled this to me. I, you know, and, and people were like, yes, that happens to me all the time. So a mm. version of me too. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to constantly retweet or uh, share those or share those stories. And what started to happen is female identified folks started doing that it starts showing up in the timelines of the people who are closest to them, into their followers. So it, it causes this moment for 
men of proximity to people sharing their stories is say, oh my God, I never knew. Not the best angle to only say, well, I have, I have a wife, I have a daughter, I have a mother. This matters now because I have people that I care about, but it is a starting place. And so maybe cancel culture was a starting place. You don't see it as an ongoing practice. It's just sort of a starting place, a, a, a conditional reaction in the no. moment that'll fade who's away. Can- no, who's really been canceled? I mean, so we we talk about it like this is a epidemic. Men talk about it like it's yeah. an epidemic. Yeah. Men talk about it like they're waiting to be absolutely canceled because what? We know five, six, high profile. It, it's not a thing. Right. It, it, it is something that uh, is a convenient story and it's a convenient narrative to tell ourselves that this is happening everywhere and men need to be careful because women are becoming more powerful. And you only have to listen for a few minutes to hear all the sexist, misogynistic tropes that would say uh, they're getting too powerful. Yeah. Men are at risk. Men better be careful. Talk to your boys about this before they go out dating because it's a dangerous world out there. It used to be that parents would say, well, glad I have uh, boys. I would, it'd be really, really hard to raise girls. I'd heard this. Yeah. Now, in recent years, I've heard a, a different tone where um, folks are saying, it's hard out there. I'm nervous for when my kids go out, my teenagers. Um, one yeah. little allegation and their whole lives could yeah. be over. Teach them not to rape. Yeah. Jesus. Well, right? Like, instead of teaching them to be afraid of women mm-hmm. and afraid of, quote unquote, false allegations. Right. Teach them the conditions that. Um, how to be respectful of another human being. Uh, exactly. Or, or how to stand up and, and be a pro-social bystander. When things are starting to go down this path, how do you get them to stand up and, and speak out? Yeah. So I yeah. no, I don't think cancel, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, folks might write in and tell us that we've got it wrong, and I'm happy to hear that too. Yeah, no, that w- that'd be great if we had somebody write in and tell us we were wrong, right, beautiful, anything doesn't matter. <laughs> Just a little high. <laughs> Just occasionally. That, that works. That works. Okay. So both sides can point to the other and say you've been radicalized, but yeah. The difference is, is the way you approach life and the relationships you have. You said if you have relationships where you can have conversations with people who actually hold different points of view and they're friends. So you see them as humans, not just that group of those people over there, because it's so easy during a DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion training for some black women at the front to be talking about how black women are perceived, their voice, yada, yada. And I'm a white guy and I can just think that's her problem. That's her thing. I don't actually have to take it as any sort of persuasive information. But if I have a friend who's literally like a friend that I would go drinks with, movie with, something like that, not just an acquaintance, and we talk about this, and I'm open to it because of who they are. They're a person who has a different point of view. That's quite different. Yeah, that's an important part of it. But even then, Jake, it does get, so this is a woke weary as we have these conversations, even in this setting. You can walk away going, oh my gosh, this is so big. This is so heavy. This is like, I just need a break from it. And that is, and we've talked about this before, as we move from being unconsciously incompetent to consciously competent, this is the learning matrix, to consciously incompetent to unconsciously 
competent. Um, there's a process of neural growth that happens in your brain that is, researchers talk about it as painful because new synaptic pathways have to be formed. You're forming it out of old synaptic pathways because the brain actually doesn't produce new, new cells. It refigures its existing cells. We don't have a brain that can grow back. So it needs to take it from things that you're not using, rebuild it, reform it, visit it over and over. And we experience that quote unquote pain as anxiety, uh, right, as we think. Right wait, am I in the wrong side of things? Then fear, then self-preservation, because our identity is being threatened. Right. When you suggest that, like, to a Christian, a Christian in North America, that some of the things that they hold dear to their heart, one, may not be scientific, and two, may actually be hurting a lot of people around the world, what you hear is you're not scientific and you're hurting people. And you're a bad person. And of course we feel bad about that. But like the, uh, what are the seven stages of loss? You kind of negotiate and you go through a process and you you mm -hmm. come out of it if you're open to it. If you can get through that, if you don't shut down. And that's the thing that's triggered on such a regular basis. You can feel a little bit like, I just can't think about it anymore. Well, right? it's to, to that point. If you go to the gym, your muscles hurt mm -hmm. the next day. Yeah, that's true. Um, you have these conversations and it gets to the place lots of times I've had at the end of a presentation, people say, you know what, that was really, that was really great, but my head hurts. My brain is full. I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to have to think about this for a while. Your brain's doing a workout. Yeah. It's, it is tiring. It's, it's exhausting. And so rest, so self-care rest, do something different, take a break. Yeah. Right? You don't work your, you don't, work you don't need your, to watch or, a you documentary on right. every single day. Watch something fun, watch a mm -hmm. sci-fi. So take a break. You know, you wouldn't work your arms every single day. But Jake, even with the aliens in sci-fi, I'm like, oh yeah. man, that's the out group. There's a power differential. That doesn't seem fair. Oh wow. Like it's just <laughs> everywhere. Well, fair. Maybe you'll need help. Someone you know, a different intervention. So back, yeah, he's yelling at everybody. Yeah, I, I think it's just because he's a male and he's big. I don't know if he should act that way to three PO. Yeah. You're uncovering the patriarchy of <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, you may have a different problem, but I think like, <laughs> <laughs> that's. <fair. laughs> I think I think there. I think it's some of the same self care. You take a break. Yeah. Uh, you do something different, vary up the sources. So don't work the same muscle all the time. Mm. So, you know, okay. if, if you're, if you're on this quest to learn more, you know, don't get hyper-focused on one issue. If it is about systems, then you're looking at systems of oppression. That's why this intersectional lens is quite helpful. So you may be really, really passionate about issues of race, but don't forget gender. And don't forget all of these other things. And so you can kind of move it around and keep a, keep a steady diet. Okay. And for the older white frail males listening to this uh, with me, I'm 53 and white. Two weeks ago, I was, I've got all these plants on the deck and I just did a bunch <laughs> of work and I felt fine. Two days of it. Hard, hard, hard. My back has hurt for two weeks. Yep. <laughs> okay. So what, I, what I'm suggesting is if you're a little older and your brain is a little bit resistant to neuroplasticity, meaning it <laughs> likes what it likes, growing new pathways. This is, we're kind of done with that, right? It, it's harder. 
It, it yeah. is harder. And when I'm hanging out with more youthful folk who are more malleable in their brains and open and don't have my background, I think I just also need to let myself, okay, so here's my white fragility. I can say, I, I can take a little bit more time. It can be a little slower for me, or I can feel a little bit more exhausted. I don't have to feel bad about that as well. Is that white fragility or is that just, that's biology. I think it's biology. We can do a whole nother podcast on this, but you're, as you're talking, you're reminding me of this um, study on adverse child childhood experiences. This, these, um, it's called this ACE model, where you're looking at things that happen between you know zero and seventeen years old for for youth particularly, and how that affects them as they they go on into life. And so, the, the, as the theory goes, that the more adverse childhood experiences that you have, there are these, uh, it's based on trauma, that there are 10 traumas. It keeps your body in a heightened state of what they call toxic stress. And this is the, this is the thing, as you're talking about this, uh, we have to pay attention to it because it disrupts the architecture of the brain. So it's not about all of the different experiences themselves it's the cumulative impact of all these experiences on the brain hmm. and how it's impacting particularly uh, young adults who find themselves in conflict with the law or having behavioral issues you can trace back to these adverse childhood experiences and these traumas but what's central to it is what you're talking about paying attention to that toxic stress that disrupts the architecture of the brain so take a break right take a break it's okay yeah I agree. So if you're thinking, gee whiz, am I woke weary? First of all, you need to think through, are you drifting into a radicalized side of things where you dehumanize the other group, you're cutting off ties, you're isolating yourself. I know a lot of people who are on the woke side are going to think, do it, get right with the right and be on the right side. But let's just admit that human beings have a tendency to go to far sides because it's easier to live in a binary world of in and out and black and white. And male and female. And male and female, because you can bonk everybody on the head who's not like you and not feel bad about it. <laughs> Sorry, right. that's it. That's caveman stuff there. But um, <laughs> but if you are woke, weary, the other thing, or you're thinking about it, first of all, you're not radicalized, so you check yourself there. And secondly, because you want to take a journey into wholeness, not mm -hmm. radicalization on any point. And the second thing, because well, I want to say in Christianity, there are a lot of good principles and values. That's, yeah. It's the extremism that you can get to in, in that belief system. So I think that's all we're talking about. But on the other hand, in learning, you can get a little woke weary because your brain is actually changing. And I said this to somebody else, and it's a good reminder right now to say it to myself too. If I feel a pain, like I have to correct, hey, you guys, I, I meant folks. I can have two responses. One is I'm never going to get this. This is just over and over again. I'll, it's just, I'm tired. I just <laughs> want to be able to talk without thinking about everything. Or you can say, hey, I just noticed that. That probably means there's some growth in my brain that's happening and I can see things now because my unconscious bias, my 53 years of laying tracks for a different way of talking and thinking are now coming into view and I can see it and I want to just move it in a different way. And so what I normally would chalk up as weary, exhausted, overwhelmed, maybe I need to begin to see it like if I go to the gym using your analogy. Yep. Yeah. Repetition, my, repetition. Yeah. I, I know my muscles are growing because it hurts and it hurts because growing new muscles, new tissue does, it's just hurts and mm -hmm. that's the way it goes. And so see it as a positive thing. 
which is always easy to do. Just like coming home from the gym, sometimes you want to throw up and you feel miserable. <laughs> until you uh, stand in front of the mirror and appreciate, <laughs> yeah, and, and, right. right? Until you <laughs> yeah. see, appreciate your gains, and that's so right. You, that's right. You, you will find uh, these other gains. So when when it starts to happen, and you're saying folks more than guys, and then that becomes the realization is, oh, that's just second nature now. I'm not even thinking about it. Where to that conscious competence model, um, it's it's just become the the new way. And social media as well, just before we wrap up here, just uh, just being conscious of the algorithms that are trying yeah. to go the other direction, which is feed you what you like, because that's the junk food diet. That that kind of algorithm sits you on the couch and fills you full of potato chips. That's not what you that's want. That's right. Because that doesn't end well for anybody. C- consider the source. So if you're if you're watching something, if you're looking at it, did this come to me or did I go find right. that? If right. you went to find it, then that might be something that you intentionally went looking for. You've probably scrolled around. Maybe you went to page three on your Google search. But if it came to you directly from some algorithm, question, 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 doesn't make it wrong, just means that it's based on uh, what you already like, what you already look at, what you're already likely to engage with. And so that it's going to be heavily influenced in a confirmation uh, type way. So, and we're going to, I need to remember to put something in about confirmation bias uh, so mm-hmm. we can all see how this works and it, it's at play in all human beings. Um, what's really interesting then is if I notice something and I think, why am I getting this? It could be an interesting dashboard to say, I may not be conscious of the kinds of things I'm consuming. And when this video comes to me, I, it might be a good alert moment to say, okay, a the algorithm thinks I want to go this direction. Now, like you said, if if I'm doing some research, that makes sense. But if not, if it's just general potato chip scrolling with my brain, yep. maybe I need to change up my diet a bit. This is exactly why I had to create uh, a different profile for my mom on Netflix because she was messing up my algorithm <laughs> of things that <laughs> you might like this because you just watched – an after-school special. Yeah. No, mom, <laughs> stop it. And she definitely doesn't want to be on my algorithm. So it goes, I'm sure it goes both ways. She's just too, she's just too polite to say anything about it. Yeah. And Netflix is your Netflix for free as it is. As a current client of ours, we do not advocate the sharing of passwords or login uh, right. at any point, And we do not participate in ourselves. Jacob just reported that he corrected it. So I've corrected it. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. This has been a Podstarter production. production.